In our message, God shares practical information about who he is and what he's done that can help change your life for the better. Hi, my name is Dan Slofra. I'm the pastor at Crosswalk Church in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's my privilege to share the message with you today. We are in a message series called Directed, and today in Acts chapter 19, we are going to be directed to understand the work of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in a situation where, where you've asked the question or just said, man, I, I wish I would have known that, or that would have been nice to know? And you know that the, the information, if you would have had some information, some key information, it would have saved you some time or energy or effort. An example I would give is um, in Arizona, and I'm sure wherever you are as well, if you're in the United States, we need to get these travel IDs and we need them now by the year 2025. So. I decided, you know what, I'm going to, to go get one. So I ended up going down to the motor vehicle department and I sat there for a while and there were all kind of crowds and I didn't have the information that I needed because I didn't understand it clearly and so I didn't get it. But now my wife said, Dan, you know what, we need to get those so why don't we get those during the summer? And then I thought about, man, going down and again fighting all the crowds, what's a good time to go? And then I found out a key piece of information, and that is if you'd like to get a travel ID, uh, you can get one of those online. Uh, if you have three types of uh, identification, you can upload those on the internet. It took two days to be approved, and it's going to be mailed to me. How great is that? Uh, I just think of just having that one little piece of information saved me so much time and energy and effort. Now, as we think about that with our message for today, we're going to run into a group of individuals who did not have the information they needed about God and specifically about the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to find is, is a cost them a little bit of, of the blessings from God, assurance from God, and that's a situation that we don't want to be in. So the question really for today is how does knowing the Holy Spirit and how he works make my life and eternity better? So we go to Acts chapter 19 and, uh, and we begin reading there. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. So Paul is going back. He, he's been on a couple missionary journeys. He's been to a number of different towns. And now what's happening is he's running to believers in different areas, people who believe that, that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Savior of the world. But during that time, communication wasn't great. You think of well, well, well before 
phones or anything like that, cell phones or even a, a, a reliable mail system, that bits and pieces of information would go out as individuals would travel. And because of that, as the individuals would share information, uh, they didn't necessarily know everything there was to know. And specifically here, that this is a pretty key piece of information. And that is that there is a Holy Spirit, that the triune God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as a result, they, they didn't know about baptism either, that they, they only knew of the baptism of John. Now, as we, we look at that, just kind of a number of things. First of all, the baptism of John versus the baptism of, of Jesus. And when Jesus told them to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. John's baptism was about three years earlier and Jesus had not gone to the cross yet. Jesus had not risen yet. And so John's baptism was a baptism that pointed ahead and said, prepare the way for the one who's coming, prepare the way for the Christ. And the way that the people did that was by acknowledging their sin and repenting of it. And so John's baptism was a baptism of repentance that pointed ahead to the coming Savior. But Jesus' baptism was a, a baptism that pointed kind of back to what he had already done, to the payment that had been made. And it was one of, of a fuller understanding. And specifically, as Jesus made known the Father, himself as the Son, and also the Holy Spirit, and, and the promise he made to the disciples that he would send the Holy Spirit after he left, that the Holy Spirit would come and guide this infant church. And so, by not having a complete knowledge of, of God and his word, uh, these individuals didn't have the blessings uh, of the Holy Spirit in their lives as well because of their incomplete knowledge. And now, as, as we look at that, we realize why then the early Christian church uh, as, as they would communicate, came up thing, with things like the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed, even in its earliest stages, was also called a baptismal creed. And the purpose of the creed was so that on a weekly basis, on a regular basis, even on a daily basis, if you like, that you can go back to the fundamental truths of the Christian faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. And then go on to everything conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, all of that, his suffering and death and resurrection. And then, last but not least, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church. And in this way, all of the blessings of, of the true God, that, that they would have these in a little basket, I guess you could say, where they remember the truths about who God is and the work that he does. That the Father is our creator. The Son is the one who came into the world to save us. And the Holy Spirit who works through the word in our hearts. Now, as we, we look at this, I'm, I'm taking you to another verse now. And this is an, another, it just shows the issue they had with misunderstanding of God's word or simply not knowing God's word. In 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul writes to them, 
Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed, or you could also say ignorant, as, as another translation says. We don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So the reason why I share this with you today is because this is another part where these individuals were uninformed. They were ignorant about what happens when a person dies. They were uh, taught wrongly that when a person died, if Jesus hadn't come back yet, they wouldn't go to heaven. And so Christian funerals were especially sad. And, and so what Paul was doing is saying, hey, you need to know this. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to be informed. And, and so what happens? For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in death. So just as Jesus rose from the dead, Christians who, who, who sleep in death will also rise from the dead on the last day. And just think of the, the comfort they were missing because they didn't know this truth. But now that they're informed, they do know. And so the question I have for you is what comfort, the question each one of us can ask is, what comfort have I missed out on because of a misunderstanding or lack of Bible understanding? And the, the problem with this is you, you probably don't know what you don't know, right? That, that you're ignorant of these things and you need someone to teach you. But I would encourage you to, to look at especially themes of the Bible, like forgiveness. Do you know what the Bible has to, to say about forgiveness? One of the things in my reading that, that I've noticed is that when, when you look at the biggest causes of anxiety and depression, most of it, like up to 90% is numbers I've heard, is caused by a lack of forgiveness in a person's life. Looking back and anger and hurt from a past event that they just can't get past. Wow, we have things to learn about forgiveness and that's what God's word is all about. When I look at what the Bible says about marriage, are, are you having issues maybe in a marriage or when you look at your model for marriage, do you know what God says about it? God's the one who who gave us marriage. He initiated marriage. And so we want to go back and what he has to say about it. It seems these days that, that we're constantly faced with issues about sexuality, uh, about our own as we look at our sexuality and gender, and even as we look at marriage or uh, sex inside of marriage and outside of marriage. Just the simple question is, do you know what God says? And if you don't, that if you don't know where to go, that, that understand that you're missing out on all of these blessings uh, and guidance from God from his word. The final thing I'm, I just wanna say about this point is, I have an older car and the car alarm keeps going off when, it, when it's hot out, when it, and here in Arizona, it's hot. And so, especially when it gets over like 100, 110 degrees, my car alarm goes off for no reason. So I decided to go to the owner's manual. And I went to an online owner's manual, 357 pages. And it's like, do I have time to look through that? 
But, but I did. I, I realized, you know what? I need to find this. And so my encouragement for you is that I, I get it. The Bible's a big book. But as we look at this, if you need tools for this about certain subjects, you can email me, dan at cwlk.church, and I'm more than happy to direct you to different areas where God speaks. We go on. On hearing this, so these are the people, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 in all. So the, the great part about this is now they're, they receive the Holy Spirit. They're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Immediately, the Holy Spirit is at work in their lives. And so we need to understand that too, that the work of the Holy Spirit, which is often a most understood of, of the three of the Trinity, that we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is just as essential. His work is just as essential as the work of Jesus. The Holy Spirit work is just as essential as the Father's work of creation. One God, three persons, all doing work that we need desperately. And a passage that, that makes me realize this and, and remember this is 1 Corinthians 12, 3. It says, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That just as it's so important that Jesus paid for our sins, that's the only way of salvation is through his payment and through his resurrection. So through the Holy Spirit, it's only through the Holy Spirit working that we can come to faith in him. We need the Holy Spirit desperately. In writing about the third article of the Apostles' Creed, Martin Luther wrote it this way. He said, when, when explaining that I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, all of that, this is how he explained it. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified, which means set me apart, and kept me in the one true faith. He goes on, there's more to it if, if you'd like to, to look up. Again, this is Luther's explanation of the third article it, because he does it with the whole church. It's not just with me individually, but it's with the whole church that he does this and allows us to forgive sins and enjoy the forgiveness of sins from God and also look forward to the time when Jesus will return. And so we see that essential work of the Holy Spirit in coming to faith and as if that weren't enough, there's other gifts he gives as well. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says this, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I, don't, I do not want you to be uninformed. See, again, that, that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, and I want you to know what those are. And in verse 7, he says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And a manifestation is a way that something shows itself. And so the example I would give is, if you have a cold, the cold will manifest itself in different ways. It, it will show itself. You will know you're sick and that you, you're having this issue by a number of different things. It could be through uh, a stuffy nose. It could be through a cough. It could be through a fever. It could be through body aches. 
And it doesn't mean that when you have a, a cold, you have all of those, but, but chances are when you have that cold, you're gonna know because it's gonna show itself. And in the same way, when, when we look at this, while these guys, while the Spirit showed itself, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. And that might lead us to say, well, I can't necessarily do that. Do I have the Holy Spirit? And, and what Paul says to the Corinthians, he goes on to say, that there's a bunch of ways the Holy Spirit shows himself. He says, to one, a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge, another, uh, gifts of healing, to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, uh, to another, speaking in different kind of tongues, still to another, interpretation of tongues. It's just all these different ways that the Holy Spirit shows himself in our lives. And I think one of the ones that I like is, so that those are the gifts of the Spirit. And then a verse from Galatians 5.22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, again, another way that, that you can tell that the, the Spirit is in your life is by what grows. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is also patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what I love about this is the gifts of the Spirit, we all have a little bit different gifts uh, that we can use with our experiences and the way that God has made us. But the fruits of the Spirit, all of us can enjoy. These are things that grow all of these. God wants to grow in your life. And as you grow closer to God through his word. As you come to know who God is, that you know his word, you know his law which convicts you of sin, that you know his gospel that reminds you that you are forgiven and loved by him, then we look at that, we understand it at Crosswalk, we, we call it living new. What does it mean to live new? It means that we're living with these fruits of the spirit, this love, joy, peace, patience in our lives. And that is how the Holy Spirit shows himself in our lives today. I am glad that I know about the motor vehicle department and that uh, a lot of the stuff that I used to have to go down and do in person, I can do online. It has made my life better. And now as you think about that, my prayer for you is that knowing more and more of God's word, having his word through which the Holy Spirit works in your life, it will also enrich your life. It will remind you of what is coming in your future as God points you to your destiny of being with him in heaven. It's a reminder of your identity being a child of God. All of these blessings God wants you to enjoy. And so my encouragement, again, if you have questions about God's word, I already said you can email me, dan at cwlk.church. Here at Crosswalk, we have Bible basics classes, we have Christian essential classes, all of those growth groups, ministry teams, all with this one purpose, that you may get to know God better, that you can worship and praise him and enjoy these blessings of the spirit in your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you are the God who made us, that you are the Son who came into the world to save us, and that you are the Holy Spirit who has brought us to faith and sets us apart uh, for a life of, of love to you. Lord, uh, 
help every individual hearing this today come to know you better and that as they come to know you better to enjoy the blessings that you give. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace, amen.